0: We are gonna move into Daniel chapter three today. Has anyone here not heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Probably <laughs> probably three of the most famous names in the Bible. If there's a person alive, at least there's not a Christian who hasn't heard of. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I can remember as a little kid the flannel graphs and, and the pictures and, and those things. I don't remember the story, but I remember the flannel graphs and and, uh, and the lesson. Well, there's several lessons in this chapter. Uh, Daniel wrote it, remember, back in the sixth uh, century, seventh century, would you say? And uh, so there was a message to the people, the Jews who were in exile. And then we can take the message today. There was also a message to all of the people who were witness this experience. So it kind of differs a little bit to who was witnessing and, and uh, when when we hear it. But to, to the Jews back in that day, I'm sure it was a, a message of God's perseverance and God's protection in trial. And we can take that message today too as a, Protection in, in trials. Uh, now to the uh, to the non-believers who witnessed this, it was a message of God's power, and especially to Nebuchadnezzar, but to all of the officials that were there. So uh, we're going to start with oh, my clicker still not working. It works when I get close. So I put a clicker between me and the, my wife is going to run the machine. So when you see me point at her or <laughs> nod my head or or say next slide, it's it's. My wife doing it, not me. Because when I get close, it works. I get—I don't know why. The first Sunday, it worked great. It never skipped a beat, and now it doesn't. So anyway, uh, honey, would you move to the next slide? (laughs) The down—push the down arrow. I know you'd you'd think the up arrow would move it up, and the down arrow, but it's backwards. Okay, chapter 3, <laughs> technical difficulties. Chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Do we have a volunteer? Doug. Uh, 1 and
1: 2. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold whose weight was 60 cubits, and his breadth 6 cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent to gather the satraps, the perfects, uh, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the providence to come to the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up.
0: Okay, thank you, Doug. that's the laser you're pushing. Okay. Now, how about Jeremiah chapter 1 or 51:59 could we get a volunteer? Fourth year of Zedekiah's reign. Zedekiah is the last king of uh, Israel, and in the fourth year of his reign, for some reason, he makes a trip to Babylon. Now, there's no hard evidence, but uh, Cindy, would you? Uh, so, the fourth year would be about 594 BC, or about 11 years after the first exile, or about eight years after Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Kind of a coincidence here. Uh, One more time. And if you look at where Babylon is and where Jerusalem is on a map, this is the Babylonian Empire in the time of Nebuchadnezzar. It's a long distance. Uh, And in that time, it would have taken a caravan approximately in high speed, maybe three months. Uh, Normal, about four months to make that trip. So King Zedekiah is not gonna make that trip just cause he wants to go and visit relatives, I don't believe, go ahead.
2: And part of that was because when you look at the map here, it looks like Babylon to Jerusalem is just straight across. Right. They, they would not have made that trip that way. They would actually have gone up through the Euphrates River Valley into Assyria and then back down. Yeah,
0: it, it would have been longer than straight line. Yeah, yeah. very good, yeah. So. It's just just circumstantial evidence, wouldn't stand up in a court of law, but it looks to me like uh, Zedekiah made this trip. And did you remember also in... uh, to gather together the satraps, administrators, governors, counselors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces. So if we forgot anybody, we got them there with all the officials. So Zedekiah was probably summoned to this meeting it's very unlikely that he wouldn't have been so it's a good chance that he was there Uh, just I guess you call that a tidbit doesn't make any difference to our story but he probably was there (coughs) now the image first of all Doug's translation says 60 cubits so does mine some of yours may say anybody got anything else in feet 90 feet high, 6 feet wide. A cubit is approximately 18 inches. That was the standard cubit. There was, there's records of other cubits, but the standard cubit is about 18 inches from the tip of a man's finger to his elbow. So that, that's going to vary. And they finally settled on a standard, and it was about 18 inches. So a standard cubit, about 18 inches. That would make it uh, 90 feet high by 90 feet wide. And this is usually what you'll see for an artist's rendition of this. And I kind of like the picture. You just see three lads standing there. Well, well, by this time, these guys are, what, probably 27, 28 years old now? Ten years has passed. So they're young men. Now, I don't see anybody else standing, so maybe everybody else is bowed down. Or maybe this is the day before, and they're standing there going, Whoa, tomorrow's going to be something. (laughs) They're looking at that thing, and they know what's coming. They've known what's coming for a while. And so anyway, uh, this to scale, 10 to 1, this is not what it would look like. One more click. I'll do this, okay? (laughs) There. So if you made it a 10 to 1 scale, it would look more like that. So it's unlikely that this was a a tall image of a man. It would be very disproportional if it was. Oh, looks worth great. Probably something like this, what do you call this, obelisk is the the pronunciation. And even if it was an obelisk, solid gold would make it uh, very heavy, very costly. So it might have been an overlay. Let's go one more. I think you went the wrong direction. There we go, one more time. This works almost as good as when I have it, doesn't it? Okay, so the image is made of gold. It doesn't say solid gold, it just says an image made of gold, or I think literally it was just an image of gold. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold. Doesn't, I don't think he personally made it, he had it made. Go ahead, Doug. Um, if it was made
1: out of solid gold, I really don't think
0: there was that much gold in the world. Well, take a look at what it says there. Uh, this is from someone else's calculations. 400 to 540 tons. That's 800,000 pounds of gold. 800 to 100,000 pounds of gold. It would take 20 to 27 truck, tractor trailers to haul that amount of gold. So it's unlikely. But even if it was an overlay with a sixteenth of an inch of overlay... It would still take 40 to 60 tons of gold. I don't know if Fort Knox has that much gold in it. I don't know how much there is. I should have looked that up. Maybe they won't tell you. They probably don't. So anyway, moving right along. Now, notice all of the lists, and, and, and your, your versions may have the names different here. Instead of satraps, it might have something else. Uh, that's just it's, it's translated from Aramaic, and the translators translated it to the best English that they knew the people would understand, and they used the term that, that more likely. But this list is repeated three times in the chapter. Isn't is, It's interesting when something is repeated. It's usually they're trying to drive home a point. What do you think the point is here?
1: You better be there.
0: Okay. Yeah, and... And it says, "In officials of all the provinces, Daniel is making sure that we understand that everybody in the Babylonian Empire was invited." And you know Nebuchadnezzar. Go ahead, Pastor.
2: It says there's about nine million tons or nine million pounds of gold
1: in.
0: Uh, in Fort Knox. Knox. Nine million. Okay. It's a lot too. Yeah. That would build Nebuchadnezzar's image.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So?
2: There are about 4,600 tons.
0: 4,600 tons. Wow. Just sitting there. Just sitting there.
1: A lot of gold crowns, Doug.
0: I think he wants us to understand what an international incident this is. This isn't just the folks around Babylon having a, a worship service, this is an international and he's going to drive that point home again in a few, few, uh, few chapter or verses. So, okay, the call to worship. Uh, chapter three, verses three
3: through seven. Then the the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up, and they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then an herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye shall fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up, and whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image.
0: That Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Okay. Okay, now we have a list of musical instruments horn, flute, uh, and again, they're different in different translations <coughs> harp, lyre, psaltery, with all kinds of music. These uh, five that are listed here specifically are instruments that weren't uh, native to Babylon again, showing the international flavor here. In fact, Daniel gets criticized for even knowing the names of these instruments because he said the Assyrians wouldn't have that in their vocabulary yet. Well, there was Greeks there. People from Greece came to to worship the image from all over the kingdom, and they brought their musical instruments. I'm sure uh, when King Nebuchadnezzar gave them the invitation and said, RVSP, bring your harp or your psaltery or whatever, they did what they were told. And uh, so Daniel here, and he uses this this name three times. So he's driving home the point that this is an international event. And uh, rather than uh, uh, casting doubt on Daniel, I think it adds to the fact that Daniel wrote it. Because why would someone include something? They'd be, most, most people are more careful when they do a, a pseudo, that they get the facts straight so they can't be criticized. Go ahead, Doug.
1: amount of time before the event that he had to start that for people to arrange to take a caravan there. Yeah. When you said 3 to 4 months, well, you know, how much time before that would he have to start making the proclamation?
0: True? True. A year? Yeah, he if if we're if the date is right according to the to the Jeremiah that that uh Uh, Zedekiah traveled there Uh, he had eight years from the time Daniel gave him the vision do you you see a connection here between uh, chapter 3 and chapter 2 what's what's the connection chapter 2 I'm sorry the vision of the the statue yeah or Nebuchadnezzar saw a vision of a statue, of, or a, uh, a, a, tower, a, a a man of gold, silver, bronze, iron. And uh, I think Nebuchadnezzar got, got focused in on the gold. And when Daniel finished, he said, yeah, 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 tell me more about the golden head. And uh, he wasn't too concerned about what came after it. And he is, remember what Daniel said? You, O king... Are that head of gold? You are a king of kings. And the Lord has given you uh, dominion. So Nebuchadnezzar, rather than being humbled by this vision, he's he's pumped up by it. And maybe right after that vision, he started planning this and saying, "Whoa, I'm the head of gold." So, and uh, Mike.
4: It's interesting. I'm just. <coughs> Because I, well, I was in there to talk to
0: him. <laughs> <laughs> but,
4: uh, he focused on the gold. And he made the whole statue of gold. Yeah. Probably overlaid with gold. So he made the whole thing gold. And it could be because he wanted to make sure the whole thing was gold. So the other things were missing. Which were really the downfall, Because you had the head of gold and you had the bronze. And everything else that came after. Mm-hmm. And he made gold. Kind of like to disprove the story. Like, could be, there's not, yeah. It's not going to be anything
2: after, it's all,
0: it's all about me.
2: It's about, you know, yeah. yeah. I'm the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's something else to consider when you're talking about it being an international event. The gold that he would have used more than likely came from the plundering of okay. the temples. Of all the other gods that were around the region, so by him using that gold, it would have been an indication: my god is better than your god, or what you worship is better because I took your gold. I mean, we're told that Nebuchadnezzar <laughs> yeah. took all the gold out of the temple. Yeah. Uh, well, whatever whatever was left. Uh, so I think that that again, that international event is is really important and. Then some six centuries later, to give you an idea, when the Romans, uh, when the Romans actually did the the, the census, the tax census uh, that took place that we read about in Luke chapter two, that actually was given a year and a half to two years before it actually got to Palestine or to Israel, where uh, Joseph had to go down to Nazareth. So it was it was okay. not kind of something that was done. I mean, and that was they had roads built by then and it still took a year and a half plus to be able to get to the furthest parts of the Roman Empire
0: Okay, so eight years isn't a stretch then for planning for something in that time frame yeah and then another thing and I was talking to the pastor about this and I never picked up on this until just a few days ago I read on a good old internet uh, the word Babel uh, Babylon, Babel, does that kind of sometimes uh, make you wonder if the two are connected? They're very much connected. In fact, uh, if you haven't, anybody have an interlinear Bible? You know what an interlinear is? Got the Hebrew word with the, or got the English word usually with the Hebrew or Arabic right below it. If you have one of those, or if you have some search you could do on a search Bible, look up Babel. It's the same word throughout the whole Old Testament. Where, where we see Babylon, the original word was Babel, B-A-B-E-L, whether it was Hebrew or Aramaic. It didn't become Babylon until Septuagint, and when was that? In about 140 B.C., a group of, of Jewish scholars got together and they made a Bible in the Greek language because so many people were speaking Greek at that by that point, the Septuagint. And they translated Babylon, or Babel into Greek, and the Greek equivalent of Babel is, I can't pronounce it, let's just say Babylon, because that's the English pronunciation of the Greek pronunciation of the word Babel. So if you're wondering if this is anyway any way connected to the Tower of Babel, I say yes it is. Uh, do you remember what the Tower of Babel was? What was, what was, the, what was the going on at that time? Men had rebelled. One language. One language, and what did they say to themselves?
1: Build a to God.
0: Let, first of all, it was let. Let us build a city, oh, a city, so that we may not be dispersed among the earth. What did God tell Noah to do? Dispersed. Go forth, oh. fill the earth, multiply, <clears throat> plenish the earth. And uh, not stay in one place. Not, don't build a city and stay in one place. And you're right, Doug, and build a tower. And the tower was a monument to what? To themselves, right? To their own might. It was going to be their gathering point, something, to, something that they could center around, probably a point of worship for them.
1: And it said that everybody that can see the tower can see what,
0: what we, we have done. And uh, this tower was built on the plain of Dura. And uh, there's some speculation about that, too, because there's plenty of places named Dura in the Middle East. But the word uh, Dura itself just means a plain. And uh, so the plain of Dura could be anywhere near Babylon, and it probably was very near Babylon. So, so any big plain, uh, flat area, they put up this 90-foot tower and made of gold, it would be very shiny, the sun would hit it, it would, it would sparkle and glow, so you'd be able to see it for miles and miles around. And an uh, interesting side note, if this means anything, but near, near Babylon, there still is a platform it's 20 feet tall and 40 feet square. It's just sitting there, and no one knows what it was for. Except it's quite possible that that would have been the platform that this tower sat on which uh, added to its uh, to its height of 90 feet. But, uh, and now we go to all the people, nations, languages, fell down and worshipped the image. So again, we're wanting to get this international uh, point across that it's, it's people from all nations and languages. And like the Tower of uh, Babel, he was... I believe he was trying to unite his kingdom under one world religion. And that's kind of a thing that's been happening here too, isn't it? Uh, in fact, the book of Revelation tells us one day there will be, uh, what, what do we call him, the man of lawlessness that will try to, to unite us under one world religion. Now, Nebuchadnezzar seems to Not mind if you worship your own God, but you got to worship His too. He's not making anybody denounce their own God, but He's saying you you will worship mine as well. Uh, Okay, the worship is interrupted uh, 8 through 12. Brenda?
3: Pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into a burning fire and furnace. There are certain Jews whom we have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image
0: that you have set up. Okay, thank you. Brenda? Yeah. Okay. Got it right. Notice Brenda's translation has bagpipes in there. Yeah. I, I, I think it was a different than the bab- type, uh, bagpipes you think of today with the Scots with the kilts and stuff. But, but uh, from what I read, they, they had a, a horn. It was two. It was still made. It was still a bag, and but it only had two, two horns on it. And I don't know if you played, played them like a flute with your fingers or what. But, but yeah. So, so. Uh, So certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. Do you remember these Chaldeans from chapter 2? What was about to become of them? What did Nebuchadnezzar say, if you can't interpret my dream? You're going to be cut in pieces and your house is going to be turned into dust. So, so certain Chaldeans have a short memory, right? Eight, eight years ago, their head was on the chopping block, and who bailed them out? Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, or also known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Abednego, I guess it is. So, uh, now they go, they, their language here, you, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree you think he needed reminding of that? There's certain Jews whom you have pointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon. They're kind of accusing him, aren't they? This is your fault. You, you pointed these guys over the affairs of Babylon. And I think there's some jealousy here. And again, Cindy? Shadrach? Notice they call them Jews, but they still use their Babylonian name. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Now remember that phrase. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Okay, the accused. 13 through 15. You know where
4: back (laughs)
0: Okay, I was hoping that wouldn't come up. (laughs) Uh. Anybody have any ideas? The answer is nobody knows. He he is. He's conspicuously absent at this point. He's not mentioned in this chapter. And nobody knows where he was. Uh, The Jewish Talmud says he was out among the, the province doing... The king's business is, is it the talmud is that their yeah jewish talmud that's that's what they say uh so for for whatever reason we just have to assume he didn't bow down uh, i don't believe that's in his character so he he wasn't there he was somewhere in the province doing the king's business and i guess he's going got out of that one good time to be away right but you know if, if, if he'd have been there, there probably would have been four men cast in and then five in the furnace. So,
2: By the way, that area that he's talking about there, if, if you consider if it was on a pedestal, mm-hmm. that can actually be seen for about 12 miles line of sight if it's completely flat, Yeah, which would take you to an area from here down to Terry Bison Ranch and then just draw a circle from here, just go all the way around Cheyenne. That's the kind of area that would have been filled up with these people, probably a representation oh, okay. of all the different nations that fell under Babylon.
0: There was a lot of people there, yeah. Yeah, that, that, I didn't even look that up. I did, too. I tried to get an estimate, and I couldn't find it. Anybody did even want hazard to hazard a guess as to how many people were, were uh, in attendance to this. Okay. 13 through 15. I'm going to have to volunteer you again, Doug. All right.
1: 13 through 15. Correct. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, denounced Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How did you pronounce
0: it? Well, it's a hyphenated word. Abednego is good.
1: Abednego, yeah. Uh, He brought. Worship, you shall immediately be cast into the uh, burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands?
0: Okay, thank you. So, uh, Nebuchadnezzar in rage and fury. This is not the kind of man you want to see in that state of mind. He doesn't seem like a real rational kind of a guy. Uh, somebody you can that you can... Uh, reason with. He's made up his mind. And uh he asks them the the same thing uh that they c- accused him of is it true that you do not serve my gods or you won't worship the uh the image. And uh you Yeah he asked and uh and they <laughs> I, I think you know the, the, these these three young men. They're over all the affairs of Babylon, and I think over the eight years they have probably uh, proven themselves. Or I'm sure they've proven themselves to be loyal. Uh, they're doing a good job, just like you remember Joseph in uh, in Egypt. Uh, Egypt thrived under Joseph, and uh, and I think that the same thing is going on here with Daniel. And these four young men in charge of everything, it's going pretty smooth. And King Nebuchadnezzar is probably sitting back, and he's going, these guys are taking good care of things, and, and he's got ch- time now to do the things that he wanted to do, which is build the mighty Babylon, which you'll hear him bragging about in the next chapter. So he's, I think he's pretty fond of these guys.
1: One, one thing in here, he wants to see for himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah you see what I'm saying? If he had took the word of of the certain...
0: Certain Chaldeans.
1: Certain Jews. Anyway, if they had took the word of the Chaldeans, it would have been immediate. It, the fire, fire would have been built up and they would have thrown in. Yeah, good but point. At least he's saying, I want to see it for myself.
0: Yeah. And he gives, he gives the young men a chance to answer which makes me think that he, he probably liked these young guys. They were probably doing a really good job for him. And uh, now this is a big disappointment too, because think about this, he's in front of all of the nations and who is it that's not bowing down? Three of the highest officials in his government are the ones standing there and not bowing. It's not a good example. So they've set a bad example. They've embarrassed him is what they've done. But he still gives them a chance. He asks them, is this true? If not, I'm going to give you another chance. We're going to start this whole thing all over again. We're going to play the music, and, uh, and you can bow down. Cindy? And, uh, and he says, and who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Somebody read Daniel 2.47, would you please?
3: The king answered and said to Daniel, Truly your God is God of gods and Lord of kings, a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery.
0: Okay. In many of these cultures, they had many gods. I don't know how many gods the, the Babylonians had. Multitude. They had a God for rain. They had a God for sun. They had a God for this and a God for that. And uh, so King Nebuchadnezzar is putting this God in one of those categories. Okay, your God can deliver, can, can reveal dreams. I'm going to chalk that down for, for my memory. So if I need to ha- have a dream revealed again, I'll call you, Daniel, and you can talk to your God about that. So he's—he doesn't believe that that God is all powerful. He's a God who can deliver dreams. He, he's a God who can interpret dreams. He can reveal dreams and interpret dreams, but he's not—he's not up to this job. So you guys better bow down and worship. <laughs> Go ahead. The accused enter their defense. That's probably not a real accurate statement. But would somebody read 3:16 uh, through 18? Go. Okay, thank you.
1: Yeah, telling the king that. Yeah.
0: What's that? Telling
1: the king that we're, I'm not, we're not going to do it. Oh.
0: Yeah, uh, verse sixteen here. Shadrach, they they answered the king and said, "Oh Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this. It sounds a little bit disrespectful. <laughs> uh, I don't. I think it's. I think in the translation, it came came out that way, but." uh, the Good News Bible. I'm not a big fan of it, but it says we're not going to try to uh, we're not going to try to uh, justify ourselves in this. I, th- I think that's what they were saying because it, it's not like them to be contemptuous. It's, it's totally out of their character to be contemptuous. I think what they're saying in this sentence is uh, <coughs> we're, we're not going to we're not going to give you any defense. Uh, we're not going to you know we're, your mind's made up. Our mind's made up. So we're not going to argue. And then they go on to say, we're guilty as charged, pretty much, right? right? They go, in this case, the God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. They're, they're pretty, pretty certain that their God is going to deliver them. Either way. Either way, yes. Either way. One way or the other. He'll, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be with him in glory, or we'll be... Walk out of this furnace. We'll either be ashes or we'll walk out.
3: And then they say, but if not,
0: if our God doesn't serve us, uh, know this. And, and they, they repeat the words almost verbatim what, the, uh, what they're accused of. We do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image you have set up. Do you think they came to this uh, decision on the spot? <laughs> That's why I like that picture in the first, where they're standing there. I think it was probably a few days before, or even the day before, and they're looking at it and they're going, "Yep, we know what we're going to do, and we we, we don't know how it's going to turn out." You know, we know that we know the king, and he's probably going to be upset. <laughs> Go ahead.
4: Well, in the previous chapter, though, Nebuchadnezzar acknowledged their God. Mm-hmm. And. Knew that they served a different God. Yeah. So now they're saying we
0: don't have to answer you because you already know. Okay. Yeah.
4: You've yeah. seen our testimony.
0: You've already, yeah. You already have our testimony. You know us. You've, we've worked for you now for what, probably nine, ten years, and uh, and you know our record. So we're not gonna we're not gonna make an argument. Yeah, good point. And uh, King, he knew their God, but he didn't. He didn't really know their God. He knew they worshipped a different God than him. Mm-hmm. And uh, they knew, he, King Nebuchadnezzar knew a little bit about him. And in King Nebuchadnezzar's mind, I believe he was just a revealer of dreams. And, uh, but he's going to find out he's a bunch, a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Cindy, tried, convicted, and Sentenced. 19 through 23.
3: Okay, your turn. <laughs> and All right, I'm going to try this. <laughs> then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated, and he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their turnip their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down into the burning, fiery
0: furnace. Thank you. Yeah, you'd think they could just dispense with the name repeating all the way through and say, (laughs) and... And these guys? These, these guys, these men, yeah, yeah these are, are heroes. Yeah. But, but uh, driving home a point again, I think, here. Okay. So the expression on his face changed. So I think when he was talking to them, before they answered him, he was kind of pleading with them you remember uh darius when daniel was thrown into the lion's den darius couldn't sleep the whole night before because he was so worried about daniel because he really liked daniel and i think the king really likes these three young men and uh, but now he's he's caught between that proverbial rock and a hard place there's nothing i can do i've made the decree i can't let you walk away so his face changes, and, and now he's, he's, he's really upset with them because, again, they've embarrassed him again for the second time. They embarrassed him when they didn't bow down. When he questioned them, they embarrassed him because of their answer. Not because they were disrespectful, but because they just told the truth and said, Sorry, we can't do it. They're not even sorry. They didn't even say, Well, I'm sorry. They just said, Can't happen. I can't do it. Uh, so he, this, this is... This is another uh he commanded that the heater in the furnace be heated seven times more than usually heated seven times hotter. How do you get a fire seven times hotter i mean uh, That's it, hyperbole yeah it's hyperbole yeah. Uh, I remember there was when I worked in a gas station there's this guy who used to come in all the time and And uh, he was so mad his car wouldn't start. He says, I'm going to get some water up to 500 degrees and dump it on my car. Maybe that will warm it up and I can start it. He says, how are you going to get it that hot? He says, I'll build five fires under it. So, yeah. But you can imagine how hot he wanted
1: that furnace. He did. He did not want any doubt.
0: And he got it as hot as Possible. Uh, probably like a forge. I don't know if they had bellows to add air or what they had, but uh, he had that furnace. He had it, probably did. They had that thing smoking hot. And some of the crazy things I've read about uh, how these, have you heard, have you read any of the things that the liberals say how they could have survived this? Those old kilns had cold spots in them, and, and uh, <laughs> you know, and stuff that weren't that hot, and you know, making up stories like that. The huh? They went in the freezer. Room. They went in the cold part of the furnace. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and but the, the but remember the guys that threw them in? They were, were dead. They were dead. Yeah, they so, were but they survived. Yeah. It, yeah. They, they can justify it any way they yeah, want. Yeah. Don't don't try to don't try to tell me that. So. Uh, the mighty men of valor, who were in his army, uh, cast them into the burning furnace, and these men were burned. Or th- these men were bound in their coats and trousers, their turbans, other garments. They were cast in the midst. So they didn't—they didn't strip them down. They just threw them in as is. They probably tied their hands behind their back, maybe in front of their—I don't know how they tied them—but they tossed them in. And then uh, it says that the, the flames were so hot that the men that threw them in uh, died on the spot.
1: So, can you can you imagine being those mighty men of valor? You 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 (laughs) you go do it, and they know how hot it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that that's a good point too. And they didn't dare. They knew what would happen if they refused.
1: Right. And they They, knew what would happen if they got close to that furnace. Yeah. But but they had to get close enough to throw them in. Mm -hmm. Unless they were football players. Yeah. Went back.
0: Okay, Cindy. Yeah, here's just an artist's uh, concept of what the furnace may have looked like. Who knows? But you see the fourth man in there. Go ahead, Cindy. Uh, 24 through 27.
2: By the way, that furnace was more than likely was the furnace that was used to melt the
0: gold. Oh. (laughs) Which
2: was used for for the image why's why
0: it was, why was there in the first place yeah, yeah. And Nebuchadnezzar the scheming man that he was said we got a furnace here let's uh that'll be our our uh, stick that we use to encourage people to worship so uh third twenty four through twenty seven
4: the king was <laughs> learned. fire, they answered and said unto the king, true O king, he answered and said, well, said? <laughs> Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no, they have no hurt, and the four men of the fourth is like the son of God. Then everything else came near to the, of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he servants of the mo- Most High God, come forth and come, then Shabrach, Meshach, and Ab- Abednego came forth in the midst of the fire, and prince, governor, and captains, and the king counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was an halt of their head singed, carbon head singed. Mm-hmm. 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 Neither were their coats charred, nor the smell of the fire had passed on them.
0: Okay. All right, thank you. Uh, So the king says he went to the mouth of the furnace. I don't know how close to the mouth of the furnace he got. Probably not as close as the people who threw him in, threw them in, did. Uh, But uh, it says he was astonished. Uh, again, here the Jewish Talmud said he was walking away when he heard them singing. He, that's how he was alerted that they were still alive. That, that, that's the Talmud, which is, a, I guess, a commentary is what you'd say on the, on the on the Jewish scriptures. They said the king was had turned away, and he's actually was riding away on horseback when he heard singing, and he turned around and looked, and that, that's when he saw the, uh, the the four men in the fire, and he goes, what. We only threw three in. How'd somebody else get in there with him? And and he asks his his cohorts there, and he says, yeah, we put three in. He says, why do I see four? And one who is like a son of God. Now, who do you suppose that was? Yeah, Uh, I believe it was Jesus standing there with them. Uh, I don't think Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael at that point knew who Jesus was. Uh, they, they knew they would have a Messiah. And what does Messiah mean? The Anointed One. The, the Anointed One would be their Savior. They had that concept. Uh, Jesus, again, is a, uh, is a uh, uh, Greek word, as is Christ. Christ is a Greek word. Christ is the interpretation of Messiah. So Christ equals Messiah in Hebrew but uh but as far as these three young men knew uh and then there's other speculation that it may have been an angel it it could have could have been it it really doesn't change the story whether it's Jesus or whether it's an angel it's god's providence it's god god's protection here and uh personally i i i, I like to believe that it was Jesus went there because remember <clears throat> the first lesson we talked about that uh Jesus is not absent in the Old Testament. He didn't just appear uh, when he was born into uh, into this world in about, what, 3 A.D.? 3 B.C., I mean? Uh, is The estimated time of his birth. He was there in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning, God, Genesis. So Jesus was there. He's been there all along. And uh, this may have been one of his appearances. Go ahead, Doug. I,
1: I think that... Nebuchadnezzar, seeing four men in there, he knew one of them was not of this earth.
0: One of Yeah, one of them was he, definitely different.
1: He, yeah, he knew that, that if whether it was an angel or Jesus, let's say Jesus, he knew that person was there to protect the other three.
0: Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm.
1: That per- he, he had a visual of those three being protected.
0: Yeah. And I think he understood why these three young men refused to bow down at this point. I think he, I think, think, the wheels are turning here and he's figuring it out. Whoa, this, there, there's something to this God of Israel. Uh, and notice again uh, the list of names, the satraps, administrators, governors, king's counselors, all gathered together so so the whole crowd witnessed this, and I'm sure the whole crowd couldn't see it, but word spread. What's going on up there? What's going on? Those guys that, that the king threw in the fire didn't burn up. In fact, they're in there singing right now. Uh, and there's a fourth, fourth guy in there with them, and uh, he looks like an angel or a son of God or something. So this this is spreading throughout the crowd. I'm sure this is, there's a, quite a buzz here, and they probably talked about it for the rest of their lives. Seeing something like this. Uh, next, Cindy. Uh, 28 through
2: 30. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree. Any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb. And their house is laid in ruins, for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon.
0: Okay, so now King Nebuchadnezzar, he's chalked up another point for God of Israel. He can deliver from the fire he can he can do dreams he can interpret from the fire you'd like to think that when when we hear him speaking like this that he is confessing that the god of of Israel is the god the one the true and the living god but he hasn't he hasn't come to that point yet so it's a slow he's he's like me he's a slow learner took took me quite a few years before I got the point and Nebuchadnezzar's same as me uh and what's he notice here uh, what was he going to do uh, to the Chaldeans and all the astrologers if they couldn't interpret his dream? Yeah. Going to cut them in pieces and their houses will become an ash heap. Now, you say anything bad about, about the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he's not my, my God, but he's their God, and if you say anything bad about him, going to cut you to pieces and your houses will be made an ash heap because there is no other God who can deliver like this. So now I think Nebuchadnezzar gotten, he's got two visions of God now. He can interpret dreams, and he can deliver from the fire. Just as a, we're getting close, but just as a, uh, I, I thought what would happen if someone uh, survived an execution in the United States?
1: Set
0: free. <laughs> That's what I thought too. Nope.
1: The,
0: you will be, uh, the, the execution always reads, you'll be sentenced to death in an electric chair until dead. You'll be put in a gas chamber until dead. If it fails the first time, you go back in a second time. Uh, yeah. And it and, uh, went so far as there was a list of, uh, of failures. It's been about a 3%, 3.7% failure rate uh, the worst one was the lethal injection. That's got the highest rate of failures. But they just do it again and again. And sometimes they're postponed. I, there's only been one case, and it was a hanging, where the person was, was pardoned after three tries. And the crowd, this was way back when the crowds would gather, and they, 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 the crowd just went in an uproar and said, no, stop what's going on. They got the governor, and the governor said, yeah, this is an act of God. Put him in prison for life. <laughs> they didn't set him free. But, uh, so, but these guys, Chad, or the, the, the king saw what was going on. And this is an act of God, their God. We're not going to mess with them anymore. In fact, they got a promotion. So, any other comments or questions? Complaints? okay let's pray thank you dear lord thank you for uh for being our god the god of the true and the living god the god of abraham isaac and jacob i don't know how else we can describe you other than uh, the one the true the living god and uh, we are so blessed (coughs) that you have chosen us to be yours we pray lord that you would uh, help us to have courage to predetermine that that we will stand with you because we know that you will stand with us. Dismiss us now in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.